Today's Old Testament reading comes from Lamentations, chapter 3, verses 21 to 26, and can be found on page 827 of the Church Bibles. Yet this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I say to myself, the Lord is my portion, therefore I will wait for him. The Lord is good to those who hope it's in him, to the one who seeks him. It is good to wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Today's New Testament reading comes from Acts chapter 27, verses 21 to 25, and can be found on page 1125 of the Church Bibles. After they had gone a long time without food, Paul stood up before them and said, Men, you should have taken my advice not to sail from Crete. Then you would have spared yourselves this damage and loss. But now I also keep up your courage, because not one of you will be lost. Only the ship will be destroyed. Last night, an angel of the God to whom I belong and whom I serve stood beside me and said, Do not be afraid, Paul. You must stand trial before Caesar, and God has graciously given you the lives of all who sail with you. So keep up your courage, men, for I have faith in God that it will happen just as he told me. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Wonderful to be here in Zurich. It seems that the, it's all, the sun is always shining here. <laughs> Last year I was here about this time and it was beautiful and hot just like that, just like it is today. And I'm here again today and it's, it's hot. Weather's nice. If, if, the, if the sun shone all the time, perhaps you wouldn't appreciate it so much. Um, but I guess the sun doesn't always shine uh, in Zurich. I remember many years ago, I, I came here, one of the first times I came here, and I was walking around the streets of uh, Zurich with a pair of Geox shoes that were breathable. The problem was that they breathed from in the, the sole, and my, my feet were in slush, and it was, I was quite miserable. So I guess you can appreciate the sun shining here in Zurich, because the sun doesn't always shine. Uh, after I share this morning, we're going to sing a song that's a, a favorite of many people, and it's Great is Thy Faithfulness. Yeah. Morning by morning, new mercies I see. And it is a favorite song, a favorite hymn. Why? Why do, we see, why do we sing, great is thy faithfulness? Is that our experience? How are you doing today? How are you doing in your life? How are you doing in your family, in your marriage, in church life, in relationships, in your mission in the world? Um, Shona and I are privileged to have been linked with IPC for more than 20 years now. Uh, last year was the, the 20th celebration of uh, IPC's adoption of the Shan people, an unreached people group, and we've had the joy of uh, coming and going, being part of you, and we see things change over the years. 
And it's the same as well in, in Asia, in, in Thailand, and in Myanmar. And uh, we've worked in Myanmar for a, a lot of years, in Thailand and working with the Shan. And the context is quite challenging. Uh, it's quite difficult. And the lives that people have are, are, are difficult. And I think if we look around the world today, uh, whether it be Ukraine, or whether it be Sudan, or Ethiopia, or whether it be Myanmar, uh, there is a lot of darkness. There are a lot of challenges, and perhaps you experience some of those challenges closer to home in your own personal life. I'm not sure. But this passage that uh, we just had read out, uh, I'll just quickly read it. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I say to myself, the Lord is my portion, therefore I will wait for him. Now, that passage uh, is in a book uh, in the Old Testament called Lamentations, which is actually quite a difficult uh, book to read. Uh, it comes after Jeremiah, which is very long and quite heavy. Uh, and I get to Lamentations each time, and I struggle. You know, my son calls me an outrageous optimist uh, because I kind of see things positively, not just half full, but overflowing. I kind of am positive. But, you know, there are situations and there are challenges in the world that make us lament. And the Bible has lamentations and other parts of Scripture that are, are really challenging and really heavy and say some very strong things uh, because of the life experience of the people who write them. And this book comes at a time when Babylon had overthrown Jerusalem. And it's a book that is made up of five poems very, very heavy language. There's just as an example uh, what came before uh, that passage. It says, I am a man who has seen affliction by the rod of the Lord's wrath. Uh, it says, he has made my skin and my flesh grow old. He has broken my bones. He has besieged me and surrounded me with bitterness and hardship. He has made me dwell in darkness like those long dead. He has walled me in uh, so that I cannot escape. He has weighed me down with chains. Even where I call out uh, or cry out for help, he shuts out my prayer. And it was a really dark time for Israel. It was a really challenging time in Jerusalem, not too diff different from what happened when Habakkuk was crying out to God, when he saw the state of God's people, where he saw the sin of God's people, where he saw the situation uh, in, in Jerusalem, and he called out to God, and God said, I'm going to do a new thing. And do you know what that new thing was? It was the Babylonians were coming. It was going to get worse. So there are so many challenges that the people of God have seen, and yet there's that passage that we just read out. And the thing that came clear to me in this past year and last couple of years, as I've been praying for Myanmar and walking with people who are displaced or hearing stories that make you want to cry, is that lament is an act of faith. Lament comes from a position of seeing the situation and crying out, but it's done in the context of faith. So I don't know where you are today, uh, but encourage you to be just honest and authentic, and as a church, be honest and authentic as to where you are. And then look at things through a lens that has faith and trust in God, whose mercies are new every morning. Now, working amongst the Shan, sometimes you see... Um, it looks like the, good the bad people prosper, and the good people don't. And uh, it just seems there are, you know, there, are, there are psalms that say that as well. 
But God works things out. And I've got a couple of little stories that I'll share this morning that illustrates that from our life amongst the Shan. When we were at Bible College in the UK, uh, nearly 30 years ago, 30 years ago, uh, I remember a man encouraging me to pray for people, just to pray, take a few people and just pray regular for those, regularly for those people. And at the time, he shared about how he had prayed for Johnny Cash and Johnny Cash had come to Christ. And he didn't say it was because of his prayer, but it's something that encouraged him. Now, at that time, I read about a drug lord in Myanmar. Uh, I won't name him, but you can read about him, you can ask me afterwards. But this man, he was at one point, the US ambassador for Thailand referred to him as the worst enemy the world has. And at that time, it was in the 80s and early 90s, uh, half of the world's, sorry, half of America's opium came from the Shan state of Myanmar. And a quarter of the world's opium came from the Shan state of Myanmar, brokered through this man. In uh, Obadiah, uh, it's a very small little book in the Bible, it takes you not very long to read, but it's very interesting. It's about the enemies of God, the people of Esau, the people who rejoiced when Jerusalem was overthrown. And it's a word of judgment to the peoples of Esau, uh, Edom, the high place to the southeast of uh, Israel. And there's this word to proud people, because the Bible says God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. That's a good thing to live by, to know. But it says this to those who are proud. It says, though you soar like the eagle and make your nest amongst the stars, from there I will bring you down, says the Lord. Now that man who held sway for many, many years he died ignominy, he had a stroke, lost his influence. The extraordinary thing is that in his house where he used to live, his headquarters on the borders with Myanmar, his uh, sister-in-law has come to faith. And in the last two or three years, a church has started to meet there. Isn't that cool? Isn't that amazing? God works things out. 13 years ago, I visited an intensive care unit in Chiang Mai where there was a man who I was told was dying of fourth stage liver cancer. And uh, I prayed for him. And as I prayed for him, uh, I believe the Lord gave me the faith to ask God to extend this man's life for five years. So I contacted my friend Florence. And Florence, she agreed with me. Let's pray for this man. And we prayed for him. And he got better. He got better. And not only did he get better, God has extended or extended his life for 13 years. We just had his funeral in June. But in the extended life that God gave to this man, we used to call him the general because he was a, a leader in an ethnic army. He planted a church. God used his witness to start a church on the borders of Thailand and Myanmar in a place called Lakdeng. See, in the midst of challenges, and difficult times, God shows his sunshine, yeah? And we can appreciate it the more. I saw a Facebook post a couple of months ago uh, by a lad that you guys, some of you, have prayed for. Uh, his name's Oat. And the picture was of his mother and his sister and himself. And it, I, I contacted him, says, oh, it's a lovely picture. And he said, you know, that's the thing that's most precious in my life. You see, his mother died when she was seven years old. She died of HIV. But her witness, because she came to Christ before she died, was so powerful that the church where the funeral took place has grown. 
and another church came into being through her testimony because she shone like Jesus. The thing that I've just found out, some of you have heard part of that story before, but my wife Shona, she's writing a book uh, about the history of God's work amongst the Shan. And she found through records that the grandfather who had come to faith, one of the first Christians in Mehong Son province in Thailand, was a leper. And I had known that none of his relatives had come to Christ. He planted a church through his witness. His name was Lung Pu. And he planted a church through his witness in partnership with other people. And he died. And then many years later, his daughter, who was HIV positive, who hated Christians to start with, was convicted, turned around, shone for Jesus, churches were planted. Her son, who was seven years old when she died, had a tragic accident when he was 17 and broke his neck. So he's now a paraplegic, he can't walk. And for the first couple of years after his uh, accident, he, he was suicidal. But people walked with this guy, Ot. He's young, he's only about 23, 22, 23 years old. Just last year, his witness resulted in his auntie, his mother's sister, coming to faith in Jesus. And so now, Ot can see that his grandfather, a leper, who suffered tremendously, came to faith, experienced God's faithfulness in the midst of trials. His mother, who was HIV positive, came to faith through the experience of trials, realizing God's faithfulness. And he himself is now a witness that is transforming other people. It's amazing. Pray for Oak, because he's now studying law. He's studying law. Shan Lad, living on the border with Myanmar, is at university studying law as a disabled young boy. It's amazing what God does. Uh, we walk with a sister who was uh, kicked out of China in 2018 and was traumatized by the experience, was given half an hour to pack up her bags, uh, arrived in Thailand, received a call from God to go to Myanmar and has had tremendous problems with herniated discs uh, and feels a call to go to a particular city in Myanmar and prays. And actually, I had a conversation with her last month about perhaps going somewhere else. But she refused because God had said something to her. And the passage that we saw this morning uh, in the New Testament was about Paul uh, after he, on his boat trip as he was going towards Malta. And there was that great big storm, do you remember? But an angel had spoken to Paul to give him the confidence that he would testify before Caesar. So he knew that his life was safe. In fact, he was told that nobody would die on the, on the boat. And he was able, in the very, very difficult context, to be God's person, to be able to say a word that came to people around him. That's what happens when we see God working in the midst of hardship. And we see the sunshine, because it doesn't shine all the time. It does, because he's here, and he's close, and he never leaves or forsakes. But our lives are not necessarily easy. But as they're difficult, as we call out to him, we experience his faithfulness. Now, IPC has been praying for the Shan for 20 years plus. I'm not sure how you're doing at it, how, is, how it's going for you. Uh, we're working with the Shan for more than 25 years, and it's quite hard. In fact, people who work with the Shan tend to have medical problems, family problems, challenges. So I would assume that if you're praying for the Shan, you might find that difficult. Uh, but know God is faithful, and know God is at work, and know that God answers your prayers. And we are hugely uh, appreciative. But, you know, we need that oomph from the Holy Spirit, don't we? 
to keep us going. Uh, in our church in, in Cambridge, uh, a couple of weeks ago I preached, but the pastor there, he just came back from a holiday, all renewed through the Christian books that he'd been reading. Uh, and he started talking about revival. Now, there is, there are times when God revives his people through his Holy Spirit being at work. And I just want to give a brief testimony about that right now. Um, there's a, you know, Asbury in America? Some of you might have heard about a small revival that has taken place earlier this year. Well, I was at a conference in Bangkok uh, at the end of July, and there were people who had come from Asbury. And there was a man who was a Bible college lecturer in Malaysia. In 2016, he had a dream that there would be revival in Asbury. And he left Malaysia. His kids lived in Chicago, so he was able to go uh, to America. And he spent two years walking around the streets of Asbury with, a, with signs on his back. I've got the signs. So yeah, I won't, I'll show them at the evening service if you want to come. Repent and believe in Jesus, for the kingdom of God is near. And then the other sign, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. And as a fool for Christ, this man just walked around the streets of Asbury for two years. Six months before the revival broke out in February this year, God spoke to this man and told him to go to New York and work with the homeless. God doesn't want to be robbed of his glory. And he wasn't there when this happened for two weeks in February. But the interesting thing about that revival is it didn't start with the leadership. It started with the Gen Z students. And do you know how it started? With singing, giving testimony, and repenting. Just getting real with God. <laughs> just, just being determined to be committed and consecrated to God and his purposes. So I'd like to invite us all to just to renew, to be renewed. It's the Lord, it's the work of his spirit that does that for us. We don't, I don't know his timing. But we need that. As we look at the world, as we look at the darkness, we need a revived church that is consecrated and renewed in our commitment to serve him and to be disciples. So we're going to sing in a minute after I've prayed. We're going to sing, Great is Thy Faithfulness. Okay? But do it not in a superficial, this is a nice song and it meets us somewhere. But in the context of a world that is really suffering. And even if your life, your own life is a bit messed up. Yeah. Even if your church has got problems. However, God is faithful. His mercies are new every morning. He's our portion. He's our inheritance. He's our lot. But that's a wonderful thing. And it's a wonderful thing to know Jesus and to be his disciple at this time in history. Because God is revealing himself to the nations. God is answering our prayers. And there's lots of examples of testimony that I've just spoken about this morning that point to the power of God today. He never changes. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Let's just pray. Father, I just look at uh, your people, and Lord, I shut my eyes too now, and I thank you for your presence. You are not far, you are close, so that we can reach out to you, you reach out to us. Lord, would you bless us? Would your Holy Spirit come down afresh upon this church, Lord God? Would you bless the ministry of IPC? Would you bless each member of this church, Lord God? Would you renew us and strengthen us and then you will get the glory for you alone are worthy. You are faithful, God. You never leave or forsake. 
You are close by. Your mercies are new every morning. We might be walking a difficult walk, but we know that you don't go anywhere. You're around. We thank you that we can call out to you. We are your people, and you are our Lord, and we praise you in Jesus' name.